Guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews. Uh, actually, the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast. This is Miguel, episode 77. Uh, with me, P. Ross. P. Ross, how's it going, buddy? Yo, 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 what's up, people? This is your boy, P. Ross, back in the building, coming to y'all from the dungeon. All right? Yep. Yeah. On on vacation again, and he is recording from, I don't know from where, but he is dedicated. Louisville, in- Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky, Kentucky. All right, right, cool. Never, never been, but yeah. hear a lot of good things from my from my mom. She uh, she's been to Kentucky a few times. Um, how you feeling? Feeling great, man. I'm feeling awesome. great. This is great episode seventy seven. You 77. know what I mean? And, and we on our way to one hundred, and it's gonna be the bomb. Oh, we got it. some we got some guests lined up, but we're not gonna let uh, the cat out of the bag just yet. But we do have mm-hmm. another guy that's been that's been uh, uh, there for a long time and we've just yeah. never had him on i, I don't know why I, we've thought about inviting him we and it just it just we just never did so we're like no 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 right. we need to change that we need to invite this guy he's part of the family he's been around he's, he's a love guy so you know p do your thing yo first of all listen who this is who we got we got a brother from over the pond mm-hmm. you understand that's right. You know what I'm saying? From the UK, from Great Britain, from England, whatever you want to call it, all right? You know what I mean? He is Her Majesty's Secret Service. All right? <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? We have Adrian Sales from Somewhere in Time YouTube channel and Instagram. Get into it. That's right. What up? Adrian. Yeah. Thank you very much. Wow, what 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 an intro! <laughs> Her Majesty's Secret Service as well. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, typically uh, P. Ross is a little right. more a little more loud and more animated, but I'm sure he's in in, in the hotel room. I'm just making an assumption. He's in a hotel room. His family yeah. is probably right next to him, and he doesn't want to yeah. wake him up. Or <laughs> well, too late for that. Too late. <laughs> we're hey, Adrian. We're just gonna see yeah. a shoe coming f- flying on the side of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Adrian. Yeah, no, no, Adrian, how, yeah. how you doing, buddy? I am really well, thanks, Miguel. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm just kind of enjoying life. Enjoying life. That's awesome. That's what it's all about, baby. I mean, mm-hmm. life is to be enjoyed. Uh, so there's this there's this phrase that uh, uh, Scarface, the movie Scarface. I'm sure you guys seen Scarface. It's a classic. But uh, you know that one of the characters goes, "Hey, every day above ground is a good day." You know, um, sir. You know, one one to let me share a little a little funny story. Um, so I've I've been in sales for a for a while now. You know, and and I always got to be charismatic and animated and. What not with my with my clients because that's what they want to hear, right? They want to hear a, a cheerful individual on the other end that's about to sell yeah. them a service or a product, right? So, you know, uh, I, there was a, a time in my life where I used that phrase all the time. I used to use it all the time. So, mm. one time, this this I think I shared this with you, P. I'm not sure, but uh, one time a, a client of mine calls me, right? And I <clears throat> I usually have uh, relationships with these people. It's not a one time sale. It's a uh, recurrent sales, right? So it's built a relationship building and whatnot. But anyway, um, she called me, hey, Miguel, how's it going? And I'm like, hey, every day above ground is a good day. And just silence. And I was like, hello? Hello? Are you there? She goes, oh, <clears throat> yeah.
yeah i'm i'm, I'm sorry uh, that uh, that kind of took me by surprise and i was like oh what i just said oh okay i'm sorry she goes oh yes yeah, because my my husband just passed away a few days ago and i was like oh, oh like maybe maybe that wasn't the best phrase to use every day above grounds a good day because their husband wow. just passed away so oh miguel uh, <laughs> yep <laughs> did you did you lose that account I didn't, but it was so awkward, man, and I felt terrible. And she, she's like, "Look, I, I understand. I mean, just, it's just a phrase, and it's like, how, how could you possibly know?" And I, I, I was very, very careful when I, when I use that. That's why I kind of maybe stopped using it. Another thing happened to me too. Um, I had this meeting with with my boss, the owner of the company. We we're talking about numbers and you know goals and whatnot. And then uh, he he goes right when I just walked in. He's like, "Hey, Miguel, how's it going?" And I told him the same thing. Every day above ground is a good day. And he's like, "Oh wow, uh, so that's what you strive for, huh? Just being alive is good enough for you." And and he took he I think he took it the wrong way or something. I was like, "No, of course being alive is a good thing, but obviously you know I'm in sales, so I want more." So that wasn't that, I, I don't know. It just took me by surprise, and I was so confused. I was like, "Wait, did he really just?" think that being alive is just enough for me i mean it is but I, I, him being the boss i guess he expected for me to say say something different about money i don't know it's just i've had two negative experiences with that with that quote so i'm like i'll probably just stop using it <laughs> <laughs> but guys I'm, I'm just curious to know what's on everybody's wrist before we move on with with uh, asking adrian who who he is and giving us his origin story adrian what are, what are you wearing buddy i am wearing it is the weekend so really there is only one watch for me at the weekend and uh, it's going to be upside down isn't it so i'll take it off okay it is the tudor black bay oh, very yes sir nice. very nice yeah. Yes, sir. Very cool. Very cool. Very fitting for today's uh, topic. Oh yeah. P. Ross, what are you? What are you wearing, man? What are you wearing on vacation? Casio. Shock. Yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah, we can see it. D D W fifty six hundred. You know what I mean? All right. All plastic and see through. Yeah. Very, oh, the clear one. Yeah, cool. Very cool. And yes, we, for anybody listening or watching, we got to apologize ahead of time. P. Ross is uh, not coming in clear because his internet connection maybe is not as strong as it usually is. But I can turn make it work. We will make it work. We will make. I can it work. turn the light on. No, it's uh, it's Even audio. It's your internet. Is your internet. Oh, my audio? Is oh, your okay. audio? Yeah, it's the audio. Okay, it's all good. It's all good um so for me today i'm rocking something that i i used to rock a lot and then I, for whatever reason i put it away and were was wearing other watches but my spb so seiko mm. spb 143 i think you guys seen this right uh yeah, we've seen it once it's a great watch it's on a vario uh single pass uh strap or nato whatever you want to call it but love mm. this thing man i love this thing and to be honest with you what reignited not not reignited my passion but what made me want to pull it out of the watch box was uh jody's latest video yeah. just one more watch he actually reviewed this watch his latest video mm. and i i saw that thing i was about to go to sleep and i clicked it as fast as i could <laughs> and um it was a great review it's all as usual he he, he kills it and and um he had a, a few things to say about it but overall he's like i i see it i see the value in this and i see right how 
why that people gravitate towards this you know what i mean so but anyway adrian um why don't you tell us a little bit about you you know let the let the people uh know what got you into watch collecting uh to begin with and you know people want to know who we're talking to um yeah i mean my, my name's adrian as you see uh somewhere in time is the uh name for my uh youtube channel you can also find me on instagram uh the only difference is there's underscores and uh, it's somewhere underscore in underscore time underscore 1304 and um, feel free to come and have a look at, uh, at what i've got follow me and uh, check out my kind of mo a, a lot of watches rotating in the collection there's a few that kind of stick around but uh, i do rotate some as well and uh, the youtube channel is for watch reviews uh, i don't do that many kind of tutorials or stuff like that uh, because i usually i tried filming them and I usually end up making mistakes or I, uh, or I knock the camera. So I've, I've, I've stopped doing those. So it's, yeah, mainly watch reviews. Um, okay. As far as uh, kind of where the, the, the kind of the collection thing starts, I, I guess I think I would probably have to say it was, um, it was my wife who kind of really got me started um or where it began i mean i've always had watches right from being a child i've always worn a watch okay um but uh yeah my wife bought me uh, an invicta strangely nice. enough yeah. uh, pro diver pro diver sorry Pete, what was that do you still own that invicta? uh no um i wore that for i think probably three years and it was it was it was my only watch um mm. and then i i got a uh, a vintage psycho five mm. uh, which kind of got me uh really interested in the mechanical side of things um and uh i and my wife then started wearing the invicta um i mean for, for those who don't know me my wife also she she's uh, got quite a collection herself so uh, uh she started wearing that and then uh she actually she, she managed to scratch the crystal somehow and we oh. didn't see any point in in having it replaced and um, so we uh, we actually sold it um and i i think pretty much got back what she paid for it a few years before which was <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but from from there, I mean the the, the Seiko Five. Then um, my wife then bought me for my birthday. She bought me my first Swiss watch, which was a uh, a Tissot Tissot Quickster, Very which cool. is a quartz chronograph. Uh, and from there, um, the, the 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 guy that I work with, he was also he's into collecting watches, but he collects a lot higher end stuff. Um, so, you know, we were always chatting about watches and what's coming up, what's new and what's good, what's hot, what's not. Um, and it, it just kind of, it went from there, really. Um, and I, I, I joined Instagram um, only really because one of, one of my other kind of fellow collector friends that, that was local said, yeah, you should go on Instagram. It's really cool. You get to see some some great watches and all the rest of it. And so uh, I did. Don't do it. And, Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a that's another rabbit hole completely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I have to say that uh, Instagram, probably more than anything, is it, um, it, it's such a great platform, and the, the the people that you meet on there are predominantly 
absolutely fantastic. Yeah, uh, I've met for the most really part. great people there, and I've now I mean I've got people that I can call friends all over the world. Um, yeah, you know, I mean the fact that I'm 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 sat here talking to you two fine gentlemen. It's you know who would have thought that kind of three years ago, whenever it was I started Instagram. Um, the the YouTube channel thing is a is a is a different story altogether. But I, that was that that was never even anything that I had considered, not once. Okay. Um, I think how that actually began was I I I would watch watch reviews, but I wouldn't comment. I was I was kind of if you like a bit I was a bit too kind of shy because I kind of thought well I don't really know anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this video and, and there was a couple of points and it was actually on Average Joe's channel uh, okay. and I believe it was on that was quite early on in his channel and it was on a, a Zampieri watch and there was something that I spotted and I thought no I'm, I'm going to have to comment so I commented and, and I think the comment back was somewhere along the lines of wow you, you, you've seen things that, uh, that I've missed um, you know thanks for pointing them out by the way, where's your channel? And then, no, no, I, I don't. I don't have a channel. And then, then uh, we we kind of met on Instagram after that. And average Joe, he just kept chipping away at me. Come on, man, come on, come on, get get a channel, do a channel. You'll be great at it. Um, eventually, I, uh, I I did. I, I crumbled and I started a YouTube channel. And I have to say, my first videos are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. Most of but uh, yeah, so uh, the fact that I have a YouTube channel um, is uh, is basically it's average Joe's doing. Ooh, shout out to AJ. AJ, <laughs> that's what we Bill. call him, by the way. AJ, average Joe. AJ. That's, that's, P. Ross came up with that. AJ. Yeah. Um. Very cool. So you're a musician, right? I know we we. We know about that, but are, is that your hobby? Is that your job? Was it your job at one point? Um, no, it's. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a self -taught, self taught guitarist. Okay. Um, I certainly wouldn't label myself as a musician, um, but then self taught people very rarely do. Uh, no, I've been playing in uh, in bands uh, on and off since the 1980s. Um, yeah, we did. Uh, there was a period of time, kind of the the mid to late 80s where we did we did quite well um That's cool. and then uh, i i kind of came out of it for a few years and uh i i joined I, well i say i joined i helped a band out that was looking for a guitarist um to kind of fill in um okay. and it, it just kind of I, I got back into it from there and that's probably uh about 20 years ago I'm kind of showing my age now um mm. so yeah and I've, I've been playing in bands ever since um and recording from home, I, I record other bands as well. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go out and record on site, or they can come here, and I've, yeah, cool. I've done a few like that. Um, I've done some um, some music tracks for other YouTube channels. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, AJ, AJ, his his uh, his kind of song or the the music at the beginning is uh, one that I did. Uh, and obviously Steve, Steve's as well. And uh, yeah, I've got, I've got mm. a couple more on the go. Just about to send some more to AJ, so he can kind of flip and rotate. So yeah, that's the music side. Cool. Of 
So, yes, it is a hobby. Does it pay? The only time we ever really make money is when we're on the road. Um, and basically, you make money from selling your merch, you know, your, your T-shirts and your stickers and your CDs and stuff like that, you know, you know, because venues don't very often pay very much, not at the level that we're right. at. Mm. Very cool. interesting. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, th- thanks for the origin story. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So let's jump right into it, right? Let's talk tutor. What has your experience been with tutor been like? Tutor is about to release a secret, secret, secret watch in one day. What is it? Opinions on the new chrono and the BB Silver. Yeah, that's a oh, lot of stuff yeah, going on I, with Tudor. <laughs> I, 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 do you know what? I really don't know. I, I think it's probably. I, I think they're probably going to release. My feeling is another version of the of the fifty eight. Um, so? I, I know they've just done the, uh, yeah, the, the the sterling silver and the eighteen karat gold, but I know that people have been crying out for a green one. Mm. Well, I know they had the mm. Harold's Harold's edition, right? They had they had yeah. the Harold's one, yeah. But that was, that was kind of. Uh, and why why is why is that one so expensive compared to the others? You know, it's a kind of a collectible thing, I suppose. Um, well, because it was so, only but, sold at that store, right? And it was in the, that's the right, yeah. UK, I believe. Um, so. I have actually, I, I have actually held one of those. Uh, oh, really? A friend, a friend of mine had one. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's a it's a black bay just with a kind of a. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's a, a strange kind of green, though. Uh, but I just kind of feel that maybe they'll release something that's a bit more kind of Kermit-like, or um, yeah, something a bit a, a bit of a more vibrant green, maybe. But I'm probably completely wrong, um, <laughs> <laughs> as they've done the 95 and the 18K. It, it would seem it may be a bit silly that they're going to release yet another 58. But the 58 is so well for them. I mean, it's, oh, it seems to be yeah, mm-hmm. kind of a go-to watch, but. Um, I mean, well, my experience with with, with Tudor um, has only been really been positive. I mean, for everything from the AD, um, I decided that I, I wanted to get the the Black Bay from an AD, and I was happy to pay full retail because I want I wanted to make sure that I got the five years warranty, uh, okay. and yeah, if there was any issues, I, I had a, a place to go back to yeah. with it. And I, I have to give uh, uh, give them a shout out as well. AMJ watches in uh, in Leicester in the UK. I mean, they're just so phenomenally helpful. Um, and I, I bought it kind of it, it, the pandemic was kind of in full swing, so the shops weren't mm. open. So this was all done over over phone and by video calls. And they put up with me. Um, if you like, hassling them for two weeks before I actually pulled the trigger. Um, mm. Because for me, it was, I mean, it, it had taken, you know, the want of this thing has been there since 2013 when it came out. Um, okay. Always wanted one. So it's been, it's, been a, you know, it's been a long run. And I wanted to make sure that it was, it, it was right. And yeah, I even said, I can't believe I said this to the to the uh, to the guy that actually uh, dealt with me. I said, "Would you please 
take it out of the box and do your own quality control check for me before you send it. <laughs> really? Wow. Mm. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, they were fantastic. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, the, the unboxing, I actually, I recorded it and put it up on the YouTube channel and it's, it's probably quite a quite a funny video because it, you, you can see that I'm kind of I'm, I'm like an excited child. But, <laughs> but was it was it was it worth it? Was it worth the wait? Was it worth the uh, the you know, the outlay and the expenditure? Absolutely. Um, That's cool. It's is it a perfect watch? No, it's not a perfect watch. Uh, but to me, to me, it is. Um, and you can you can tell. I mean, you, I've got some other nice nice pieces you have some nice Seikos or Hamilton stuff like that but there is, is there a difference yes there is okay that's cool that's cool well uh, as far as um my opinion on Tudor I, I actually never held one believe it or not um I don't know why really? I've been wanting to uh maybe soon my my friend Omar Timeless Sneakers and Watches just pick one up and he doesn't live far from where I'm at. So uh, maybe I'll, I'll oh. go check one out. Actually, you know what? I am lying. I, I did check out a Tudor Black Bay, the 41, and it was the the one with the fixed bezel. I, I, I did get a chance to hold one. And I do remember the crown was like super smooth to like um, yeah. screw in, screw out. And, mm. and the quality built on that thing was actually pretty good. So I'm, I'm lying. Yes, I have seen a a tutor in the in the metal but not one like the diver or with a rotating bezel because so i definitely um, i have, I have, I have to out. say that the, uh, the the bezel on this is is something else altogether uh i mean it's really? just yeah it's it, it is the, the the nicest bezel that i've ever used it probably sounds a bit weird but it's just so it's so precise um i mean obviously you've got you don't get any back play or anything like that but just the way it feels when you turn it, uh, and I have heard, I have heard. I think um, Russell, the Mad Watch Collector, I think he said a similar thing. It's pro possibly one of the best bezels he's ever used. Wow! Um, mm. On the day, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is very nice. It's got I a lovely sound and a lovely tactile feel. Yeah, I need to check one out. Mm. The best bezel for me personally that I've experienced. Uh, this is a few months back. Rolex the Mariner. Holy smokes! I've never felt yeah. anything like that. That thing was crazy. But again, I've never played with a with a Black Bay. You know, a Tudor Black Bay. No, so they're, they're, of course, they're, the difference is the um, Samara's hundred and twenty click, isn't it? Yes, hundred and twenty. Yeah, is this ninety? The Black Bay is sixty. Oh, hmm. interesting. I should have known that. <laughs> That's did you just say it's at ninety? You didn't just suggest that they put a 90-click bezel on, did you? <laughs> hey, you know, there's, there's 60, 90, 120, all kinds of things what out is, there. What is this 90-click bezel? <laughs> Makes no mm, sense. Mm, mm. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. But um, so opinions or, or thoughts on what they're releasing. I, I for whatever reason, I, I am hoping that they release a Submariner again. But I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and the reason why is because the Black Bay line for them is so popular, right? Um, and it's it's created this like Tudor identity that I just feel that if they release a Submariner, it's almost like an homage watch of their their you know parent company. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think a lot of people are speculating it's a Mariner, and I'm hoping it's a Mariner just because I'm like, dang, that'll be pretty cool. It'll look like it's a Mariner. Uh, we have the quality of one, I'm sure, very close to it, and it'll probably be a lot more affordable than an actual Mariner. You know what I mean? Um, and I might be interested in that, but then again, it's like like I said, it's it's an homage of another watch as opposed to the Black Bay. It's become their thing, you know, and I think that's that's pretty cool they've created with the with the black bay uh, but yeah. i don't know i don't know and, and, I, think, and then, I think the uh, i think the, the the black bay gave them back an identity because i think that they were yeah, they kind sure. of they, they they got lost a bit i think in their in kind of the general melee and they didn't really have anything that stood out and then the black bay came out and i think that's now what kind of that, that kind of identifies tudor is is the black bay and the black bay line and of course what they've done with it so I'm not. I don't know if they if doing a submariner would would make sense. It wouldn't. Um, because, it wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. And then the other thing is, it's going to be. It's still going to be affordable. It's going to be less than a submariner, but it's going to be more than a black bay. Right. So I, I don't actually see where that would sit. I mean, it'd be yeah. quite an interesting one. Though. I'd like to see it. I would like to see the the Pelagos because it's a pretty cool watch in a in a smaller version because I I do hear complaints from people that it's a little too big so it'd be cool if they slimmed it down maybe a little bit so that way people could choose either from the Pelagos or the Black Bay you know so but do you, you think they could be coming out with some type of new movement um I don't know is that a possibility. I don't know, Adrian. You probably know more about Tudor than we do. <laughs> there's uh, well, obviously, there's, they, they've been doing a lot of development with in-house movements, haven't they? Right. Um, and I um, I don't know if if they. It depends on what 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 they're going to put it in, um, because the, the 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 Black Bay line, um, they've got the you know their new in-house with seventy-two hour power reserve. Um, where do you go from there? Yeah, they've also done the, the chronograph movement, which oh, was yeah. de developed from or between or with or a base on a Breitling chronograph movement. I believe I could be wrong, but they they've developed their own movement from that. You know, one of I don't know if they kind of shared this this kind of this movement between themselves. But I don't I don't know what what else would they put out. Difficult, mm. difficult question. The answer is yeah. P. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out soon. Sure. I think. I think they're releasing the new whatever it is. I think tomorrow. I, I checked their website last night and it said two days. Yeah, two days left. Uh, yeah, or something. Two, so I'm, yeah. I'm two days when I had a look this morning. Yeah. Right. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see. And then I know they released that uh, silver one. So I'm, I'm very curious to get you guys' opinion on it. And the reason why is because. Silver typically tarnishes, but I know they they did something different, right? They put something in the material to where it's gonna be uh, lasting a little longer, I guess. So I'm very curious to see if it's gonna patina like like bronze does. But I know even their bronze watches patina, but not as much as other bronze watches because I, again, I think they put a chemical in there that that helps it look nice for a longer time. But what what are you guys' opinion on the silver? Uh, when when I first saw that they did the silver one, I, I thought that was a, an interesting material to choose for a case. Change, yeah, uh, uh, for you know to make the case out. Um, but it's uh, I've not seen one in the flesh. 
I, I'd like to see one. I was actually at the local ADs a couple of weeks ago. They didn't have one in. Um, but, okay. yeah, I think to, to re I'd really like to, to have a look at one and hold one and, and kind of see, because apparently there's a different feel to them as well, to a, to a silver case. I watch. bet. And a different weight, um, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, I, I believe that the silver scratch easier than stainless steel, I guess it must do. Yeah, in, in a similar way to um, titanium, maybe because titanium, mm. if it's not if it's not treated or coated, will scratch. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'd I'd like to see one. I, I I think it's a cool thing to have. I'm unsure about the exhibition case back. Not sure. Really? Yeah, I don't know because they've. Um, they've not really, they haven't done any decoration on the movement. I mean, it's got, got it. a little bit of a custom rotor. I just, when, it, when I saw the pictures of it, it didn't make me go, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. It, it just, it just kind of made me go, okay, interesting decision. Yeah. Mm. Case specs weren't, um, they were honestly not, not, not popular. It was this episode from Hodinky, their, their podcast. And they were talking all about, uh, case specs and exhibition case backs and you know whatnot and actually it wasn't exhibition case backs are not that old i think it was the 70s or the 80s i forgot what they said it it wasn't it wasn't something that's, that's super old but um to them uh, i guess an exhibition case back is it's really cool if it's done by like longa or somebody that like the movement is insane right and you're like yes i yeah. want to see that right i want to see that, yeah, that absolutely. movement but in the same token, uh, they were just kind of saying that for a lot of collectors, seeing the movement is cool because you get to see the mechanics behind it. And a lot of people that are kind of even newer into watch collecting is very cool to admire the gears and, you know, everything that goes on. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's like, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I never really... I think for me, it's more something uh, along the lines of like water resistance. And I think I, I could be completely wrong because there is watches out there with exhibition case backs that have a high water resistance uh, rating, yeah, right. you know. Um, but the way that it got explained to me once by a watch manufacturer is that it, it gives you more possibility for failure because now you don't have this solid piece in the back. It's like a two piece system, right? So there might be the possibility of it breaking or disconnecting um somehow and but i mean like how often do you go diving how often do you put your watch through that you know so for me a display case back i, I like exhibition case backs i think they're pretty cool you know what i mean so i don't mind it so much i think it's pretty cool but i i, I see why some people may not like it you know what i mean especially we'll use an example like the S skx 007 the 7s26 movement if that was a display case back it's not really a pretty movement to look at, you know, it's not, it's not decorated. There's no blue screws. There's nothing to it. You know what I mean? But from a mechanical standpoint, it's pretty cool to look at it, you know, and admire it. And you just kind of get lost in the, in the mechanics of it, you know? So what is yeah, the I, price I, I, on the, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, it is, it is cool to see a, an exhibition case back. I, it was just big, for me, when I saw that Tudor had done it, it just kind of made me raise an eyebrow. It's, a, <laughs> well, it's not the kind of thing you ex expect. Well, I don't know who I think Tudor are, but you know, it's, it's, it's just because they've not done it before, I think. And and because 
I think when I saw it and I and I looked at it and I thought, well, yeah, it's okay, yeah, it's cool, but they, they've not done anything with the movement. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's no there's no real finishing. I thought they they'd have done something. Well, also, um, maybe Tudor, in, in in my opinion, is viewed almost like uh like a tool watch. Well, the Black Bay Fifty Eight is is a tool watch. So to have yeah. a, an exhibition case back is almost like, huh, why it's it's a tool watch? Maybe if they did it in one of their, um, you know, dress watches, it will make sense because it's it's more delicate, it's yeah. nice, you know, it's more whatever luxurious. Yeah, sure. or, or a chronograph. Or a chronograph that would be pretty cool too. I mean, seeing the chronograph in action and stuff like that. Yeah, but the price on the new one, I don't know, Adrian. Do you know the price on the on the silver? I don't have that in front of me. Uh, I believe they are somewhere around in in the UK around four and a half thousand. That's not bad though. That's that ain't bad, bad at all. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, because they ain't bad at all. Uh, two, for the the Heritage Black Bay, the the one mm. that I've got on. That's so incredible. The, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the, the the silver one is is just over four. I mean, just around about four and a half. Something I was going to say bad. is that it, it blows me away that the prices of the new tutors are they're just attainable. You know what I mean? And uh, the the problem is going to be that obviously since Rolex is moving up market and Rolex wants to become the next Patek or whatever, you know, yeah. I, I'm just scared that Tudor is is going to move up market as well, and then will become the new Rolex. And then Tudor will be unattainable, and then we're going to look back and say, wait, you could pick up a brand new Black Bay for like. Two thousand something dollars, like how? Like that's not even a thing anymore. You know what I mean? So right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think. I, I think that the, I. I agree that that is a possibility. Yeah. Um. That, that they that they would move Tudor up, but then again, it would make more sense for them to kind of keep them where they are because they are, as you said, they are attainable. Um. You know, pretty much. You know, if you, if you're you know kind of a hardworking guy, you want something that's that's nice but isn't going to kind of break the bank. It's not going to cost you tens of thousands, but you want something that's nice, is going to last, and it's got heritage. Then I, I think you know, Tudor and the prices that they are, if they can maintain that rather than kind of step up behind Rolex, then yeah, I think that would be that'd be a good thing if they stay there. Yeah, well, unfortunately, they they are going to go up. I mean, we're we're seeing this in other places, and this will be a perfect segue for our next watch that we're going to talk about, Seiko. So Seiko definitely, I don't want to say moving up market, correcting itself from the gray dealer prices. So Mm -hmm. we're starting to see that, right? So any entry-level Seiko is not below 100 bucks. Now it's in the $200 range. Um, so, you know, for new, for people like us, it's like, oh, 200 something for a Seiko, it's, it's still a good value, right? But for a lot of new collectors, people coming in, maybe they'll, they'll look at that and go, that's kind of expensive. I'd rather go with an Orient Ray or Orient Mako or Kamasu or something and get more for your money, you know? So obviously we all know that Seiko is not that go-to watch anymore. That's other watches that have become that, you know? Uh, people in the hobby, and I might be wrong, but I feel that they look at Mark from Long Island Watch now and look at the Islanders as the entry-level watch because he he just gives you so much for your money, you know what I mean? Um, And he's becoming more and more and more popular, and his watches are actually really, really well-built. 
But with that said, with Tudor moving up market and Seiko kind of doing it, I uh, say I wanted to let me see if I could share my screen. Um, let's look at the let's look at the oh here we go. So this is the new Seiko that they're releasing. I believe they're releasing it in June 2021, so next month. The Seiko Presage yeah. style 60. So that this is nice. Thing is a beauty. Yeah. Um. So here is the original one. So this is from the 1960s. Is uh, I guess it was a mono pusher right here. Um, so what? How do you guys feel about this? How do you guys feel about Seiko re-releasing things from the past? Case in point, what I'm wearing the SPB 143. Obviously, it's a reissue, and I I, I quote that uh, of the 62 MAS. Um, how do you guys feel about that? And let me stop here and say that I am really angry at Seiko right now that they're able to put a sign crown on. A five hundred dollar watch, yet on a thousand dollar diver, they didn't bother Ooh. to put a, a sign crown. What's up, Seiko? Ooh. I'm a little upset yeah, at that. What's up with that? What's up with that? Do you guys, do nah. you guys see this? Uh, I, yeah. Check this out. So yeah. I, I just for anybody listening, where I'm sharing my screen. So go on YouTube, check this out. But we are looking at the side profile of this new Seiko Presage, and this thing is gorgeous. Ooh. I mean. This right here, the lugs really remind me of like a King Seiko. They had this really unique kind of style to them. And the fact that they're giving you drill lugs, beautiful polishing. Mm. And you see right here the uh, the brushing on the on the side, the fixed bezel. Uh, this is not sapphire. Is there, um, what do they call it? Harlex. It's Harlex, but it looks I do, boxed. I, I, I do wish that they would start using sapphire in there. Me too. Certainly in the presage. Yeah. Me too. But I mean, yeah. this thing looks beautiful. I mean, look at look at the style of it. It's like a box crystal with mm -hmm. that vintage aesthetic di uh, bezel. I don't think. I think it's fixed. Like Adrian said, it's fixed. Uh, yeah, nice sign so, crown. Are they four, forty millimeter, Miguel? So let's check it out. Let's see. Let's see what 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 specs. Uh, um i don't know how to get out of here okay cool so 40 at 40.8 millimeters perfect perfect mm. this thing is a beauty this thing is a beauty so they have different different models uh i really like this one there's one on a nato that comes on the nato with a black bezel and a little bit of the gold mm. tones right there uh powering it of course a 4r35 movement so it's not a bad movement uh with the added 24 indicator cool they also have these i know i've heard some mixed feelings about the open heart uh so it's the same presage right. but it has an open heart check this out so we'll we'll maximize this and we'll, we'll look at it it's just beautiful right here so this is a 24 hour indicator right here second hand open heart mm. right here how do you guys feel about this one i i, I think I, uh, I personally could do away with i don't like this I, right here i don't I don't necessarily need an open heart. You know what I mean? I think I like the one without it better. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's I, beautiful nonetheless, but I could do without it. I, I think know? if they would have done away with this semi-open heart and then put this 24-hour indicator right at the bottom, almost like a, like a second repeater, right? Like a, a second whatever right here is a seconds indicator at the bottom right i think they would have knocked it out of the park in my opinion adrian how do you feel about this open heart 
I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, a, of a open heart movements. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I dislike them. It's not something that I would particularly have for myself. Um, okay. uh, so I would probably prefer it if they'd have not had that. The 24-hour indicator. Um, somebody said to me the other day, what's the point of a 24-hour indicator if you don't have a date complication? And it just made me mm. think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, what is that? But what I, I think what would have made that look really nice is do away with the open heart and the 24-hour yeah. indicator, have that at the 6 o'clock as yep. a small second van. Yeah, yeah true sure. that. I don't know why they didn't make yeah. this one, in my opinion. This is this is probably, for me, the best color combo right here. The the mm. black with the gold tones, right, almost uh, with the BB-58, right, kind of like the, the bezel with the, with those colors. And is it is it me or just look, it looks like Fotina a little bit right here? Yeah, it does. Yeah, mm. it does, right. But I don't know why they didn't uh, they don't offer this in a in a bracelet because I mean to me this is the most versatile color out of the whole bunch. Um, like this green, the white one, I, it just doesn't work for me. That that gold. See, I think white. I like that one better. I think yeah, I like I, that I, one better. I'm with P. I, I like the white. Yeah. one. I don't like that one. No, I, I think like I like that one, that one better. No, yeah. No. I I even prefer this one. I'll show you. Let me see. I I even prefer this one over the white one. This green one. Look at that. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. That looks pretty. Yeah, they're, cool. they're, they're all I prefer cool. the black one. Yeah, but my favorite one is the black one. The the one with the NATO. I just really that one. I just really wish they they would offer it and embrace it. But yeah. So anyways, uh, thickness. Uh, oh, this is a movement. I'm talking about the movement. So let's let's go over the specs of this. So it's the Seiko Presage style sixty. So obviously bringing back. Um, the style from the 60s 40.8 millimeters uh in diameter thickness is 12 millimeters okay that's not super bad uh the ss triple s a is 12.8 millimeters i'm assuming that's an open heart one that's it's a little bit thicker case material yeah. stainless steel or gold pvd coated stainless steel okay cool dial color ivory black blue or green applied markers loom they simply put yes. <laughs> Water resistance <laughs> fifty meters. Okay, so that's another <laughs> that's another thing that I'm not very happy yeah. with. And uh, so the overall dimensions, I don't think they talk about from uh, lug tip to lug tip. I would be curious to know how big that is. But um, knowing Seiko, I would have thought that the lug to lug is going to be quite sensible. Right, and here's the pricing. So pricing is five twenty five. And then 575. So I'm assuming the open heart is a 575, June 2021. Mm. Uh, uh, and then it's like retail locations and in the US in July 2021. Okay. A limited edition. No. Okay, cool. So at least I'm happy to see that these will be out in the wild. So I guess we could expect to pick them up, maybe pre-owned in the 300s in the future. I would hope. If so, I am buying this one or the green one. Maybe this one. But what do you guys think about Seiko, I guess, uh, kind of looking back at their catalog and reissuing watches? So here's the original one. This is Well, this I, is don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, I think that the, the watch game is actually missing more watch aesthetics like that. Um, okay. A, a, a lot of times I feel like the, the, that the Venice old school look is a better look than some watches today. Okay. And I'm happy they did it. You know what I mean? Adrian, how do you feel about it? 
Uh, I have absolutely no problem at all with um, you know Seiko reissuing or even if they reimagine uh, an older design. Um, and I would personally, I would far rather that Seiko did it than some other company. Yeah, and I, I I think correct me if I'm wrong. I, I kind of jumped in in your live yesterday. You you Adrian, you had a a, a live with with your uh, buddies, and uh, yeah. you were talking about homage watches. And in some, maybe I heard it wrong, but you were talking about you don't get why people homage Seiko. Did it? Did I? Yeah, yeah, I said that. Okay, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's like. I, I I get why people do the homage of like the expensive stuff because it's like yeah I can't really I mean that's that's really hard to come by or buy or whatever but yeah if you're, gonna do an, if you're gonna do an homage of like a Seiko like it doesn't make sense you know unless you're like Mark and I and I see this and I don't want people to from Long Island watch I don't want people to think that I'm saying this just because we had him on the show or whatever it has nothing to do with that you know but what he gives you is value and it's not an exact replica like I'll show you a, a watch right here right so this is Islander ISO 01 or I forget what this thing is called I don't know why it's blurry but basically it's the the case of a SKX but everything else doesn't really look like an SKX even the bezel the specs everything else is, is different like I look at this watch and I I kind of see its own identity, even though the hands are, are similar to the SKX and the Ks, but everything else kind of has its own identity. So I get it. But yeah, there's there's watches out there homaging Seikos that are like straight up just it looks like a Seiko. You know what I mean? And I think San, San Martin is, is, is kind of one of the yeah. uh, one yeah. of the big watches out there that, that does a lot of Seiko um, reissues. Um I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So I'm with you, Adrian, or and and P. You know, if uh, if Seiko's gonna re or somebody's gonna reissue an old Seiko, it should be Seiko, not somebody else. For so, sure. so yeah, and I, I think those are beautiful. I I think uh, I also like the sizing. Right, that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Seiko has always been known for making these monster looking watches, except for like the Seiko Five Line and whatever, but. Yeah, a lot of the stuff was always really, really big. So I like that they're kind of slimming it down, making it a little bit more wearable, more unisex, if you will. So that's that's pretty cool. I I like it. I, like I, I have it. to say that the um, yeah the bigger Seikos like the uh, um like particularly the, the the Samurai and the Suma. I love the Samurai. That's that's probably that's my favorite Seiko. Um, yeah. it would probably it would probably be a bit too big for your taste, Miguel. I mean, they're forty-four yeah, yeah, mil. Sure. Yeah, so they're, but they're quite tall as well. But yeah, great, great watches. Um, the monster, strangely enough, the Prospects monster isn't as big. Um, a lot of people think it's bigger, but it's not. It's mm. quite small. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that what Seiko have done with that one particularly is absolutely spot on with yeah, around about the forty mil because it's going to appeal to such a wide audience. It's it's going to it's going to fit pretty much all wrists from yeah. least six and three quarters up. Um, I know that uh, my wife has certainly got her eye on the white dial one uh, because she likes to wear, uh, for a lady size, she likes to wear bigger watches. She loves dive watches. And, and her kind of sweet spot uh, is around about be between 40 and 42 is what she likes in the dive mm. watch. Okay, cool. Even Ooh. though that's not a dive watch. I don't know what you call that. Is it a sports watch or a dress watch? To me, it looks kind of like a... 
it looks sportier than like a Seiko Sarb 033 and 035 for sure. Um but with 50 meters water resistance, it's kind of hard to to call it a sports watch. In yeah, my I'd have liked to, I'd have liked to to have been 100 meters. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, moving on, let me let me share my screen again. Something uh, something that uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but let, let me see. So moving on to this guy, let's talk about Ming. I know we talked about mm-hmm. me before, but this is a collaboration they did with Mazina, Masena Lab. Masina. Masina. So this is a, the 17.09 Ming and Mazina Lab. So this is a collaboration. And I mean, this thing looks stunning. I mean, all the Ming watches are mm-hmm. superb in my, in my opinion. Just And so they unique. use their own in-house movements too, right? Um. Let me see what they use for this one. I don't want to say yes, and and uh, I don't know if they they talk about the movement in this. Uh, they do talk about the limited edition. Uh, it's two hundred pieces for one, and a hundred and mm. pieces, one hundred and fifty pieces for the other one, and they're twenty seven ninety five and twenty five ninety five. So I mean, yeah, that's yeah. They, everybody knew that it was gonna that it was going to sell out. No. So they're using a modified version of the Salida SMU 330-2. So yeah, it's not, it's not an in-house movement, but the design is very unique. Obviously the lugs, Mm -hmm. uh, something I love about Ming is those hands. I mean, look at that. You could totally tell that to Ming from like across the room. I mean, those hands, they're beautiful. So here's, here's my opinion. So, Oh, and this is so cool. Check that out. So you could see they kind of printed it on the on the sapphire. Yeah, on the crystal, yeah. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I do like that. That's cool. So look at the look at the way that the that the light plays with the reflection of the of the numerals. If uh, I guess it's not pulling up. Oh, there you go. That is fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's hot. so cool. And the honeycomb dial right here. I mean, yeah, that's cool. That's so yeah, that's cool. very but, cool. But yeah, one of the things I don't like about Ming is the fact that they just completely sell out. And uh, I heard for this one they were selling it in the in the in the other website, the Messina or whatever. They were they were selling it on their website, and I think it crashed. And there was a bunch of angry people, and um, they apparently sent out an email that it wasn't going to be like first come first serve. I think it was going to be kind of like a lottery system. So that kind of stinks, mm. you know. Um, Look at the details on this. This is incredible. But I mean, yeah, this is this is next level. Ming is definitely killing the game. But I, I just think that the their selling approach is just not not the right thing, especially because I, I think we, we kind of talked about this offline. But who really is buying these watches? Are collectors buying these watches or are resellers no. buying these watches? You know? It's just like the sneaker game, man. It's re-day being resold. Most definitely. Ooh. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, they, they, they're being bought, bought by people. They're basically they're just going to flip them, aren't they? Um, because they are going to be so hot when they hit the market. Uh, I mean, prices are going to go through the roof, aren't they? Yeah, if you, if you go, I did a little uh, eBay search uh, for these. I haven't seen any yet, but I, I did an eBay search for just a mean watch. And they're hovering around the high four thousands, five thousand, six thousand dollars, mm. which is crazy because I mean that's not what they cost retail. So people are definitely uh, 
trying to make a quick buck with with Ming watches. Yeah. I never held one in the oh, middle, yeah. but I mean, I, I could totally tell the that, that it's a really well constructed uh, watch. Very unique. Um, some people like the curved lug. Some people don't. I think it's really cool. It's it's different. It's very very different. It's it's. Yeah. Uh, I, I respect that. I just don't respect their their approach to how they sell their watches and everything's in limited numbers and people are fighting over these and resellers are the only ones buying these watches. So I I think. Um, I'm not very happy about that, you know? So, um, now what dial do you prefer? This one, the, the color honey or the black? I'm, I'm, the well, the mean black, they're both the mean black. Yeah, I mean, what about you guys? I think I like the mean honey, man. What? Yeah, well, you know that I, I like my stuff. Uh, I just right, don't like right. color, right? Just for me, it's I, just I, like... I, I'll go with the black. I'm with Miguel this time. I think I, man, I don't know. I think I like the honey better for sure. Hey, check this out. So here's the price. So 2,595 limited edition of 150 pieces ships in late July 2021. Check this out. Limit of one watch per household. So what does that tell you? What does that tell mm-hmm. you? People were snagging these up. Uh, and what's so okay. crazy about that is that they're actually very affordable. Like for real. Yeah, I mean, for what it, it is, for what you're getting, yeah. they, they are. But what, what's yeah. going to happen to that price if they if they bought by somebody who's going to flip them? Oh, they're going to double the price on that. Yeah, well, that's that's the problem, you know what I mean? And that's 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 where I have a a, a problem with this. That how do they how do they uh, control that? I mean, that that could be very. I mean, the, the other thing is how how would that affect your warranty? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I have no idea. So I just wanted to bring this up just because uh, I, I I do like me watches a lot. I don't know if I'll ever own one, but uh, at this rate, I don't even know. And and, and <laughs> I've even I've even thought about. Um, so when I saw this, I was like, should I buy one? Should I talk to my wife and buy one just to flip it? But then I'm like, uh, I'm becoming like one of them. You know, I'm, be, I'm becoming like right. one of them. Like, why why would I want to flip it? Because I like this one, but I don't love it. I've seen some other Ming watches that really, really speak to me. I wouldn't yeah. drop two grand on this. I I see the appeal. I see that it's it's a really well constructed watch. I mean, look at the 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 specs: thirty eight millimeters, and it's only ten millimeters thick. I mean, that's to me that's, I mean, that's perfect. I mean, if you bought it and you could make above what the retail, why is, wouldn't you? Right, right. You know, I mean, look at that. Look at that, guys. This is this is you don't you don't see this very often. I don't see watches mm-hmm. do this. I mean, uh, and we're looking at a picture of the dial. They printed the numerals or the indices on the actual underside of the crystal. And when the light hits it, it creates a shadow on the stainless steel. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it like a little bezel in the, in the bottom? It, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, I've never really seen that. That is very cool. Yeah, that wow. is very cool. Very cool. Now, I have to say, it's not the sort of thing that, that I would that, that I would buy myself, uh, but it is it is very cool. I can certainly appreciate things like that and the, the yeah, detail sure. in them. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, to yeah. overall thoughts on 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 Ming as a as as a watch company, you guys like them. Uh no, not that I don't like the, their their practices and how limited their uh watches can be. You know what I mean? And due to the resale value, so yeah, I think that's a bunch of crap. But then again, if that's what's getting them paid, 
hey, they know they got a great product, so they're going to do it the way they want to do it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what about you, Adrian? I think the, the, the problem with that is that, uh, yeah, they've got a great product and they're pretty much always guaranteed to sell out of everything. Um, and yes, it's going to keep them in business. But I, I just get the feeling that, that those that are kind of milking that, uh, the, the flippers, they're the ones that are really making the profit. Um, yeah. And that, uh, to, to me, I, I, I don't particularly like that. I've got nothing against making profit. That's what the world is built around, and everybody is is in business to to, to make profit. But yeah, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, Ming in general, I think I pretty much I just I, I, I again I've got to agree with what P said. You know, his, I think his, his thoughts on that, you know, were were spot on. I don't like that kind of business practice. Yeah, I agree with you guys. The business practice side of it, I don't like the watches. I do like i think it's a yeah. connoisseur's watch and is not it's kind of like to me if in my opinion if you own like a ming watch it's almost like a low-key flex it's like if you know you know you know what i got yeah. mm -hmm. it wasn't just about the price it's about even getting one like I, I i i got one i'm lucky i'm fortunate i'm part of the club and and it's cool and that's that's the appeal for me but the yeah. business practice side of it and, and the selling out and the lottery ticket and the resellers and that's that's a turnoff for sure, 100%. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like Ming should definitely control that more. And I know obviously they put that in place, the one per household. And I, you know, if you go to their website, it's funny, they have a, a Q&A part where I think people have asked, well, why can't I buy more than one if my aunt lives with me and my uncle lives with me? And yeah, we're in the same household, but they want one too. And, you know, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. How can you control that? You know, it's very difficult, but yeah. It's, just like it's, it's not, it's not going to stop that though, is it? It's not going to stop people from, you know, multiple oh, no. people from one, one household because no. uh, mm -hmm. they'll just come to another address. Yeah. Another address, PO box, you know, what, whatever mm -hmm. it is. So it's, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see what the future holds for Ming, but I'm, I'm excited to see independent brands kind of become hype, uh, brands it's, it's cool you know it, it, it's cool to see that and we'll we'll see what other independent brand um becomes that you know i, I know christopher ward makes some amazing watches uh, i just i just don't know what what makes a brand a hype brand like how can they i know ming has always been hot from the beginning but what made them hot was it their business approach was it their limited editions was it the design like what was it was it one probably person giving a, a shout out? Probably the, a combination of all that. Uh, the, the design aspect, um, the limited editions, probably a combination of all. So. Yeah, no, it's definitely a combination of everything. And I know their design, that's one of the things that I do appreciate. You look at that watch, there's nothing like it. Those lugs, right. the the hands, yeah. the, the hands on nothing, there. Nothing, nothing like it, you right. know. And uh, I, I think, um, no disrespect to any other brand, right? Spinnaker and Christopher Ward and all that. Their designs borrow a lot of inspiration from other watches that were like, yeah, that's a cool looking watch, but I've seen that before. Mm -hmm. It's not like new. It's not. It's not right. different. Um, so I think maybe that's the appeal of me. You know, the design in the limited edition. I don't. Right. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, as, anyway. long as, as long as you can get it at the, at the correct price. 
I agree. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. But anyway, Adrian, we are at the part oh, yeah. of the show where we talk about other things. It could be watches. It could be whatever you want. The floor is yours. You can share anything you want with us. So take it away, my friend. Well, I'd say, yeah, I don't really have uh, anything that's exciting to share as such. Um, actually, something that you that you said just a few moments ago, which is watch-related, um, when you when you mentioned Spinnaker and... I are you I don't know if you've seen the the white dial spinnaker that I've got the um the Dumas okay yes yes I see yeah, yeah um and I've I've had uh, had quite a few people that, that have said oh that's that's really cool very unique um but it's it's actually not it's and and going back to the homage thing it's actually a almost uh an Amiga Shom if you remember those, Mm-mm. no, I need to look them up. Yeah, they're. Um, I probably got. It. Yeah, it's here. It's uh, it, even the you know this huge bracelet is mm. is the same, um, but the oh, you know wow. the case shape. Got it. So basically, it's an homage of an Omega. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, and I have to say, when I when I bought it. Um, I, the thing, the thing that, that kind of struck me about it was the the, the colours. I love the colours of it, and it it wasn't until after I got it, I kind of thought, "Hold on a minute, <laughs> it's going back to the seventies." Um, wow. So going back to what you were saying about other companies and everything, kind of they they've got all these you know these great pieces or cool pieces, but they are they 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 all kind of rely on everybody on somebody else's back yeah. catalog in some way. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And and I do like Spinnaker. I actually have uh, a review coming out this week of the Croft. I don't know if it's going to show on camera, yeah. but this is the Croft. And I mm-hmm. previously reviewed the uh, Flues. The Flues was pretty cool. It's almost like a 50 Fathoms um, lookalike, you know, and it looks pretty cool when yeah. you put it in a sailcloth strap. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, th- something about Spinnaker watches, in, in my opinion, they're really well built. Like the the mm-hmm. the packaging is is really cool on the Spinnakers. But for me, I, and I don't know about you, Adrian, but they feel a little big, a little chunky. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, I like something a little bit smaller proportioned. Um, and that's the one thing that kind of makes me not wear these watches because they're a little too big, a little too heavy, a little too chunky. And I think mm. in my upcoming review, I do mention that. Obviously, I'm, I'm a nobody. I don't think Spinnaker is going to give me an answer or, or even take my advice. But I think if they put this much effort into what they're doing into a smaller kind of more compact design, I think uh, it will be a winner, you know, and I'll definitely like to to wear those to be, watches. To be yeah. honest, they, they did that with um, the Spinnaker Cahill. Um, it's one of them, I, right? I, it's I, one of them. They did a mid-size one as well, and it pretty much bombed. What? Yeah. Huh. So Nobody I guess... Liked it. it got some real harsh reviews as well. Was it the design or was it the sizing? Because I don't think the sizing is is what people were bashing. It's probably the design, right, of the of the actual watch. Uh, I don't know because all it was it was it was a literally it was just a, sh- a shrunken um, Spinnaker Cahill. It was exactly the same, just smaller. It, Interesting. You know, similar kind of thing to the Black Bay and the Black Bay Fifty Eight. Do you know what the what the reviewers were saying? 
I, it, what was the negative? Ago, I, it, I think it was uh, the, the one that really stuck in my mind was uh, a guy over in Perth, Perth Watch. Are you familiar with him? No. No, he's uh, a, a friend of Jody's anyway. Um, but yeah, he 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 was the one. That's the, that was the first time I saw that uh, that kind of reduced size Cahill, uh, and it it actually I thought it looked okay. But yeah, and that, and since then I've seen other reviews. I, I couldn't remember whose they are particularly now, but that, that were not that favourable about it. it they, they don't do it anymore anyway. It's been discontinued. But uh, yeah, I, I, on the on the kind of the, the big watch thing, I mean, I can get away with that because I'm a I'm quite a big guy anyway. Uh, I've got a seven and three quarter inch wrist, so you know that kind of size forty four is got fine on, on me. I feel quite comfortable with that. Got it. All right. Well, thanks for sharing, P. <laughs> Ross. You want to talk other things? You want to drink water first? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I guess I'll talk other things while P. Ross drinks water. Um, I recently saw Wonder Woman 1980, whatever that thing is called. I think it was great movie. It was okay. I didn't. I, something about um, the special effects of the DC movies versus the Marvel movies is just night and day. You know, Marvel has some amazing uh, CGI, and I mean everything they do is amazing. But DC, DC. Uh, uh, movies and 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 all that is just it just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy. It. A little cheesy. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I actually enjoy it. I'm not a massive fan of of either. If I'm honest, uh, as far as movies go, I mean, yes, I mean all movies have got kind of special effects, but I I kind of maybe maybe kind of my age is showing, but some of them are just like a they're a special effects extravaganza. Um, and it's all special effects. And to me, I, I prefer there to be more of a story rather than just the, these mind-blowing special effects, which is great. Um, but I, I just kind of feel that there's a bit too much of it these days. Um, and I th- I th- the ones that really kind of have spoiled a movie for me have actually been things like uh, Midway. Have you seen that? No. The, uh, the 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 special effects in that are just a bit over the top. <laughs> they call the Fast you know, and the Furious movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there we go again. The first one of those was brilliant, excellent film. Cool. All right. Well, my other thing is uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch on um, Disney Plus. Okay. Awesome, awesome show. We are back on the Star Wars kit. That's all oh, I like know. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like but anyway, um, Adrian, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, somewhere underscore in underscore time underscore 1304. Um, if you want to come and give me a follow on there, I will follow you back. Feel free to you know, trawl through my uh, kind of watch collection past and present. And on uh, YouTube as Somewhere in Time. I uh, have a, a YouTube channel on there. Yeah, come and uh, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, have a, have a look through some of the videos. And, uh, you know, make yourself known. Drop me a yeah. comment. And I, I do try to pride myself in, you know, replying to all comments. Go support them. Yes, Go support them. P. Ross. 
Absolutely. Ralph's wristwatch love everywhere. Um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And don't forget to check out the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast Facebook page. Blowing up. Absolutely. SoCal Watch Reviews for me on YouTube, on Instagram. Relojando is my Spanish version of my of my channel. Um, but Adrian, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. We discussed a lot yes, of sir. topics, uh, especially Tudor. Um, obviously, you're a Tudor fanboy, and I could see why. I could see the appeal. Yep. Hopefully, I could own one at one point in my life. That would be awesome. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, P. Ross, thank you again, Adrian. Yes, sir. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank yes, you both for having me. It's uh, been a real pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And everybody watching and everybody, uh, you know, listening, thank you so much and stay humble.